0: You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world.
1: Welcome to all of you around the world. We're glad you're joining us today from Malaysia. Ah, it's just amazing. We can't take for granted what the Lord is really doing. So can we just lift our hearts, lift our hands, lift our faith and pray? Father, as we gather around Your Word... Lord, help me to discharge it with simplicity and clarity in a way that would open the eyes on Vision Sunday. Lord, we can see in the natural, but I pray we can see in the spirit. I pray this year that we would see through clouds, see above storms, see beyond mountains, and see your hand and your purpose in the good and the bad, because you are present in our midst. And Father, I thank you that truly this would be a house of vision. Every house would be a house of vision. Every believer would be a person of vision. We declare hearts open, eyes open, ears open to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. We say amen in anticipation to your Word and to your presence. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. 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 Go ahead, take your seats. And um, this is our 18th year as a church. 18 years ago uh, I came to KL uh, on a one way ticket Uh, I met Jai um, and he helped me and I said let's start something and it is now beyond what anyone certainly what I thought was possible Um, and today's Vision Sunday is a little different, I don't have a lot of presentations, Uh, Pastor Paul will get up at the end and give you some insight and some clarity and some exciting potential of what's gonna happen. And despite the fact that I get to visit all these different countries, as God has expanded Kingdom City, His kingdom, in different parts, uh, this will always feel like home. This always feels like home, always has been home. And I wanna invite you, make it home. Like if you're part of church, don't just attend, don't just occasionally come, make it home. As I look around, there's probably a handful of people here who were here from the first year. I don't know, but was anyone here who came to our church in the first year of our church? Is there anyone here? Anyone? Yeah, I've been through. I can see you guys. Can you stand up? If you're you're here, I I don't know. Can you stand up? That's Ben. There's Paul. Three people. Anyone else? Wow. I'm trying to see. Oh, hi. Hey. I can't even see. Jessica and Edgar, nice to see you guys. Anyone else? Um, Yeah, it's truly amazing. It started with a handful of people and look at what the Lord has done. But even if this is your first week, you've come at the right time. You've come at the appointed time. And it's still relatively early days. (laughs) People say, how long are you going to keep saying early days? Two more years, I promise. Then I'm going to not say early days anymore. You say like, why? Because I believe if you're building a 30-year vision, we are two-thirds through. But if it's a 200-year vision, we're only a tenth of the way through. And and you know what? This vision has to outlast one ma- one man, one woman, one group, one team, one generation. It must go to the next generation and the next generation. Because God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. May we have multi-generational vision, multinational vision, multi-ethnic vision, multi-socioeconomic status vision. May we have the kind of vision that literally captures the heart of God, because God so loved the world. Well, the theme for this year, and I hope and pray it becomes a reality for you, not just a theme, is intimacy with God. And intimacy with God sounds like an abstract concept, and to some degree it is. But when I say intimacy, I don't know what you think of. You think of intimate relationships you have or people that you're close to. And you are only as intimate with anyone as you're vulnerable with them. You're only as close to anyone as you are open with them. And with God, he knows it all anyway. So making this year, making it a goal, making it a a focus to say, God, I want to go deeper with you. I want to be closer to you. I want to know you more. Holy Spirit, be the closest person in my heart, closest person in my affection, closest person in my life. That is the invitation that I believe is open to everybody. And to make it a focus, you know, it feels full circle. You've seen the expansion and then the, now we've got a school, we've got a greenhouse with thousands of students. we got stuff opening up everywhere. The media, the, it's just astonishing. So you think a church like ours would be high on all of that. But can I tell you, I really feel the drawing back to the genesis of what all influence is about, and that's intimacy with God. And when I say the word intimacy, it's, the word means to, to know God. It, it literally means to know Him. Not know intellectually. You might know people. You might know of people. You might know facts about people. But that does not mean you know them, and it definitely means they don't know you. You, you know all the statistics about us. You're a celebrity or a sports star or someone you look up to. And yet, if you pass them in the road, you might go, oh, there they are. And you could recite all the facts, like Bible stories. But they look at you and go, but I don't know you. Because knowing is a personal two-way thing. I mean, growing up, I felt God was real because I grew up in a God-fearing house, but he wasn't real to me. He seemed distant and sovereign. And partly, because, you know, as a young person, I'm processing... I can't see God, so he must be far away. And I was a bit scared of him. As we all should, we should fear the Lord, but that's not the same as being scared of God. And part of the reason I also struggled with thinking of intimacy as a thing that you have with God it's because I looked at the world and I saw all the challenges and the famines and the wars and the drama and the horrible things. And I'm like, God, with all this horrible, I know it's the world's brokenness. I know mankind has a free will. I know we've done this. Not God. God didn't do all of this. We've done this. But in the middle of us doing this, I'm thinking, God, if you're real, if you're really intimate, wouldn't you be involved? I mean, you're sovereign, you're powerful, and you're maybe you're just far removed. So in my mind, I couldn't see him, and he didn't seem to interfere in the affairs of the tragedies and the suffering, the way I, in my own immature thoughts, figured he should. And it wasn't an arrogant way of saying, God, I'm better than you, I know what to do, you don't know what to do. It wasn't that, it was genuinely me going, okay, intimacy with God is not a thing, because he's not really that involved. Occasionally, a prayer might get answered. Occasionally, something good may happen. And so in my mind, that's how I figured. And then we went to Perth. Our family migrated from KL to Perth in 1984. And um, I was a young boy. And we went to this church. And the pastor talked about God in a strange way. Hey, there's a picture. That's me. Ready? Who else? That's my sister, who now runs Greenhouse Globally, Rachel. That's my dad in the corner. He's in heaven now. Uh, a lot of people are in heaven now, actually, from this picture. Um, heaven, heaven, heaven. I think that guy might be hell, but I think heaven, heaven. That guy next to me is now a pastor. His name is Brad Bonholm. The couple at the front, Jim and Moira, they're the pastors. They, I just got a text from Julian, our pastor in Perth. They actually somehow, they had no idea. They just turned up to church today and they'll be seeing their picture on the screen. It was quite amazing. So yeah, so they're, they're in church. And, and you know, this, that, that's the pastor. He talked about God in a way that was so foreign to me because he talked about God in a way like he knew him. And I, I'm like, how, how, this, guy, this guy talks like he knows God. And then that sort of shook my whole perspective of you can't know God. Because apparently you could. That was, that, that's him praying over me. And I genuinely thought, okay, if you can be known, I want to know you. Let me tell you something. God does not want to be studied. He wants to be known. Do Bible study. But the goal of Bible study is to know God, not to study him. The Pharisees studied the scriptures and couldn't recognize Jesus when God turned up. So sometimes the most religious, knowledgeable people are the least cluey about who God really is. Because you can study all the facts about him and not know him. God doesn't want to be used. He's not a genie in the bottle. He wants to be known. He doesn't want to be just someone you reference when you feel like it. He wants to be known. And so when we think about intimacy, maybe my favourite passage is from Philippians chapter 3. And in this passage, you hear Paul the Apostle talk about knowing God in a way that is so remarkable. In fact, we've got the Scripture on the screen. Look at what it says. It says, But all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I've thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Christ alone. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing God. Christ Jesus my Lord. That word knowing is an intimate knowing. It's not just a, oh yeah, I read the Bible. You can read the Bible and not know God. You can know about God. But to know Him is a personal thing. He says this is the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I put aside all else, listen, counting it worth less than nothing in order that I can have Christ. Do you know, it's not saying that everything you've achieved in life, your degrees, your career, your accomplishments is worth nothing. Paul achieved a lot in his life, a lot. But he said, compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ. Meaning, it's not that everything else is nothing, but compared to the joy and intimacy of knowing God, it's worth nothing. If everything you've done, you can make a heap of, like just a big pile, and say I'll leave all of that, I count that as nothing compared to the joy. What sort of joy must knowing God include? And you know, to know God is an ongoing journey. I'm still on the journey, and I'll be on the journey till I go home. But what a magnificent obsession. What a magnificent thing to go after. Some of us keep ourselves away from this thinking, oh, that's for the pastor, it's for the front row, it's for certain people, it's for people who have not sinned like I have sinned. Are you kidding me? Paul was a murderer. Paul murdered people. Any murderers in here? Put your hand up. Right, so you're already ahead of Paul. And if he could know God, what's your excuse? Some of us have a lot of pride You have more pride in your own sin. And you call it humility. Oh, but God, I'm I'm so bad. You're not that bad. You're bad, but you're not that bad. (laughs) God's blood is more powerful than your bad. (laughs) So the opportunity is there to know him. James 4, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, 2024, every year this should be part of who we are, but if we would make this year our focus, you know, God, I want to grow deeper with you. We're going to do some series. We'll teach on everything from relationships to uh, uh, the, the convictions that underpin our faith. We'll have mission. We'll have outreach, all of those things. We'll even do a series on intimacy with God. But if at the end of this year, no matter what happens this year, you can look and say, God, I feel my intimacy with you, my tenderness, my closeness is at another level. That would be a great goal. Anyone think that would be a goal worth pursuing? Anyone think that would be a desire worth having? Anyone think that's a dream worth having you? That is Paul's desire. Even after everything, Lord, I counted as nothing compared to the joy of knowing you. And you know, when you say, Lord, I wanna know you. God is, when when you make this your pursuit, I don't know what your New Year's resolution was, but you should change it. That's why we have Chinese New Year. So two months in, you can change your resolution. Change it again, Happy New Year. So then what happens is, you can now have a new resolution and your new resolution is to know God. With knowing God comes a lot of benefits. First one is divine direction. Divine direction. Most of us want to navigate our own path, and we end up getting lost. And every now and then, it's good to just know there's one greater than ways than Google Maps, one who can literally lead you through the highs and lows, the tra- the tragedies, the traffic, the stuff that holds you back. He will. He is your guide. He's your God, and this does not belong to everybody. It belongs to those that know Him. Look at Proverbs 3, 5. Look at what the Scripture says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. That word acknowledge means know Him. The the root word of acknowledge is the word know. K-N-O-W. You can see it in there. To acknowledge Him is not like, you know when the Grammy Award winners get up, they go, hi, oh, I'd like to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, acknowledge my fans and my... No, 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 that's not acknowledge. The word acknowledge is know. In all your ways, know God. Intimate with God. In all your ways, know God. And what happens? He shall direct your paths. Someone say divine direction. Divine direction is yours if you know your God. It means, it's not, you know, if you know God, it doesn't mean He'll give you a map. He's the way. So this does not mean, if you know God, He'll tell you everything that's going to happen. But He'll guide you. As you walk, you will end up stumbling into your destiny in ways that are more remarkably supernatural than anything you could have pre-planned your own life even in the mistakes, even in the tragedies, God is able to make all things work together for good to them that love Him and are the called according to His purpose. Divine direction is yours if you would say, God, I want to know you. You're like, I- I'm seeking direction for this year. You know, so am I. I've got some decisions that I need to decide. Kingdom City is not one of them. I'm pretty locked. I'm locked in here. I'm just saying. The other things I'm praying about, Lord, do you want me involved in that thing or that as different doors are opening? All of us need divine direction, whether it's in our relationships, our career, you know, whatever area of your life. Praying about major decisions or even minor ones. God, you know, great prayer to pray every morning. God, guide my steps today. I just want to know you. But instead of seeking direction, why don't you seek intimacy? Because God is not Waze or Google Maps. He's God. But if you see God, He'll be Waze and Google Maps to your destiny. Don't treat Him like the map, even though He is the way. He will guide you. He will guard you. And you will get to where you're getting and you'll have no idea how. You know, if I sit down with my younger self, and he, and, and, and he says to me, what? what's gonna happen in the next 20 years? How do we get there? I'll be like, oh, young, slim, black-haired man. You have no idea what's about to happen. And you know, I won't tell you, that is what following God is like. You'll end up where you're meant to be and tell a story of God's divine direction in your life. How many people would love God to guide every step of your life? Well, it belongs to those who are intimate with God, those who know their God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways, know Him, and He will direct your path. Number two, renewed strength. This is a benefit for anyone who's intimate with God. You probably know this verse. We've referred it a lot. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord. You know what that means? That's not a passing of time. That's a focused intimacy. They that spend time. You know, how do you get intimate with somebody? How do you get close to somebody? You, you have to spend time. Those that, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There it is. It just happens. You choose to wait upon the Lord, you will renew their strength. You know, there's some people you spend time, they deplete your strength. But God shouldn't be one of them. You wait upon Him, He'll renew your strength they'll mount up with wings like eagles, they'll run and not be weary, they'll walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but over life, there are moments you get tired, you get exhausted, you get, you just feel at the end of yourself physically or emotionally or mentally, I encourage you, make this the year instead of turning to anything else, you turn to the Lord. You put worship music on, you open your word, you go for a walk, you do something, you clear your head and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to turn my phone off and turn my connection with you on. And Lord, I thank you, God, that as I wait upon you, you'll renew my strength. He'll renew your strength. You might be 75 and He'll renew your strength. You might be 25, He'll renew your strength. You might be... Sick in the body, but He'll renew your strength. He will renew your strength. Those that wait upon the Lord. Intimacy with God renews your strength. You need strength? Don't seek strength, seek God. Here's the third thing. The scripture in Daniel, I love the Scripture, but here's the byproduct of those who wait on the Lord. This is the byproduct for those who are intimate with the Lord, great exploits. This is what Daniel 11.32 says. It says, the people who know, who what? Everyone say no. There's that word again. Those who know their God shall be strong. We just talked about renewed strength. Here's another example of it. And carry out great exploits. I don't know what exploits God has in store for you, but God has great exploits to those who are strong. How are they strong? They know their God. Those who know their God. Those who know their God will be strong and they will do great exploits. You might say, I don't really need great exploits. You know, your great exploits might just be your family gets saved. Your great exploits might be God opens up doors that you didn't think were possible. Your great exploits would be those addictions you've had for 10, 15 years. They break off your life this year. I don't know what great exploits looks like for you, but it belongs to those who know their God. So many many people are obsessed by great exploits. I want to do great things for You. Lord, I want to change the world. I want to change my world. That's a great goal. But it's not really a good goal, it's a prize. The real goal is to know God. They that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And number four, the fourth benefit when I think of intimacy with God is perfect peace. Again, another wonderful verse from Isaiah. Here's what it says: "You will keep him in perfect peace, perfect peace." Can that that means you will sleep? That means when you wake up, you'll have this presence that surrounds you. I mean, I mean, this isn't hard. Who wants perfect peace? The answer is everybody. In the in the, see, he didn't say you you'll have a perfect life. He said perfect peace. In fact, life will be anything but perfect. But in the presence of imperfection, you can have perfect peace. The only thing that'll be perfect is your peace. Because people are not perfect. Your workplace isn't perfect. Country is not perfect. Challenges are not perfect. Church is not perfect. Your connect leader is not perfect. But you can have perfect peace. You can have perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. What does that mean? Same phrase for waiting on the Lord. I don't give Him a glancing thought. I keep my mind fixed, stayed on you. Who gets perfect peace? Those who have their mind stayed on you. You know, intimacy with God will give you divine direction, renewed strength, great exploits, and perfect peace. If I said the vision for 2024, God is going to divinely direct your path. God is going to renew your strength. You're going to feel younger in 12 months. If, if I told you, you're going to do great and mighty things for God this year and beyond. If I told you, you're going to have amazing peace in every season, every storm. You're going to have perfect peace. People go, wow, I'm in. And it all belongs to those who know their God. This is why you can't know Him secondhand. You can't know Him through your spouse. You can't know Him through your pastor. You can't know Him through your parents. You can't know Him through someone else. You have to know God yourself. Those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. He will keep Him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll renew their strength. They'll renew their strength. And Lord, in all my ways, I know You. I acknowledge You. You will direct my path. Divine direction, renewed strength, great exploits, and perfect peace. Wow. It all belongs to those who know their God. When I think about our journey when we started in 2006, and I have so many memories of all that the Lord has done in some of the smallest steps to some of the largest steps to see the thing expand and see the thing grow, I've seen divine direction every step of the way. And you know, people are like, aren't you exhausted? I don't know how you do your life. I don't know either, but all I know is if I wait upon the Lord, He'll renew my strength. All I know is that, you know, people are like, it's amazing what God has done. Yes, great exploits belong to those who know their God. And somehow through the highs, the lows, the fears, the pain, the mistakes, the issues, the challenges, the drama, all of that God there's been this amazing sense of He's with me, He'll never leave me, He'll never forsake me. You know, I wanna tell you, that is the promise over your life. You don't have to think about God, how am I gonna work out? How am I gonna make this happen? How am I gonna sort this out? Just say, God, I wanna know You. Like Paul, compared to knowing You, everything else is worth less than nothing. Lord, I want to know You. I want to be close to You. I want to walk with You. I want to talk with You. I want to have You in my heart. I want to have You in my home. I want to have You everywhere I go. Let this be the goal of my heart. Let this be the goal of my life. God, I thank You that You will guide my steps. I thank You, Lord, that You will renew my strength. I thank You, Lord, that I'll do great and mighty exploits. I thank You, Lord, You'll give me perfect peace. I don't know the storms that are ahead, but I know Your peace is real and Your peace is perfect. And so why don't we all, as we stand to our feet, even online, I don't know which country you're in, but maybe this is the year God wants to direct your path in a unique way. Those of you who feel weak right now, you need the, your strength renewed. You know, we often pray for different needs. I could have four altar calls right now. Who here is confused and needs to know clarity? You're praying about a decision, a career, a move, a relationship, whatever. And there'll be a bunch of people come to the front. I could do another altar call. Say, who here is feeling weak and tired? And you need God to pour strength into you. And there'll be another group of people that say, yeah, that's me, that's me, yeah, that's me. And then there could be another group. i will say, who here is feeling frustrated with the apathy in your life and you just feel like, there's more. God, there's more in me. And you want to release it into the world. There'll be another group of people come forward for that altar call. And then I could do another last altar call and say, who here needs peace? You're struggling to sleep. You're feeling anxious, constantly stressed, Fearful. And there'll be another group of people that come forward. But we don't need to do four altar calls this morning. We just need to do one. Who wants to be intimate with the Lord? Because His promise is divine direction, renewed strength, great exploits, and perfect peace. Just lift your hands towards the Lord. You know, make this the year you protect your intimacy with God. Make this the year you pursue your intimacy with God. Move things around so you and God are number one. Great exploits, mighty things, perfect peace, divine direction. Thank you, Lord, for all of those wonderful things, but God our desires you, our heart desires you, our longing is you. Come on, use your own words. You tell him sometimes we use songs to help us, but right now just use your own words. Use your own words. Use your own words. Use your own words. Your own words. That's it. Lose self-consciousness. Don't worry about who's next to you. Don't worry about who's next to you, what they think of you. That doesn't matter. What matters is your intimacy with the Lord. That's it. You're all I want. If you mean it, you can sing it. You're all I want.
0: You're all I want.
1: Help me know you are near.
0: Help me know you are near. Sing, you're all I want. Keep me from you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I don't want anything to keep me from you. Let nothing I desire keep it me from, from you, you, Jesus. I don't want anything to keep me from you. Sing it again. Let
1: nothing in this world. Let nothing in this world. World. Keep me from, keep me from because you. Because you are you are my desire. I don't want anything to keep me, to from, keep you.
0: me from you.
1: Let nothing I Even my desire is keep me is wrong. from you Jesus. I don't want anything. That's it. Come on, you one more time. You. Let nothing. Let nothing. Let nothing Nothing. No one keep me from you, Jesus. I don't want it. I don't want anything to keep me from you Even Lord, my desires. Let nothing I desire keep me from If it from gets in the you, way, Jesus. remove it out of the way. I don't
0: want anything.
1: Come on, sing it, it one more time. I believe God is breaking you. chains even now. Your Jesus, He's breaking things, even I now, don't want anything to keep me from you. Let even Lord the desires of my heart, I even keep if it gets in the way, you, I don't want anything to keep me from you. <laughs> Let the weights drop off today. Let the scales come off your eyes today. Let the limitations of your affection be ripped up today. Young and old, rich and poor, male and female, educated and illiterate. You know, let me let me tell you a story as we close. Before I get Pastor Paul up. This must have happened to me 20 years ago, maybe 21 years ago. And it still feels very real because it was so profound. I was a young man, single, staying in my own house by myself. No church, I was a lawyer, wasn't a pastor, but I had this desire to know God. And I remember I used to, I catch the bus to work, to my law firm, even when I used to go to university, I'd, I'd read Charles Finney's revivals. I'd, I'd, I'd take my hymnal book. I'd, try, I'd sing. I'd just go and spend... I was just... I had this desire to know God. That's all. That was the only thing that mattered. I loved sport. I was involved with life. I had friends. But I had this desire to know God. And I remember... It would have been about 2002 or three. I can't even remember exactly. I was home at night, fast asleep, and I had this dream that was quite scary. In the dream, I heard a knock on the door. So I go to my door in my dream, open the door, and all of a sudden, I could see this demonic black presence, and it wanted to come in the house. And in my head, I thought, shut the door, shut the door. So I tried to close the door, but it couldn't close. It's like I had no muscles. I had no ability in the dream to keep this thing out. And so this thing just came on in like this mist, this presence, and it felt so scary. And it was so terrifying, I woke myself up in fear. I woke up, it must have been 2 o'clock in the morning or something or like that. And I was wide awake, and the minute I woke up, I realized it wasn't just a dream. There was this, some presence in my room. It was demonic, it was black, it was. I was fearful, I was sweating, and this thing was sitting on my I don't know how to explain, but it was there and was choking me, and I like I can't breathe. And I'm trying to pray under my breath, nothing could happen. And then finally, after about eight, nine minutes, it left. It was like and peace came. And I thought, thank you, God, what was that? What was that? And even though it had gone, I was wide awake. I turned my light on, scared to go back to sleep. I'm like, God, you have to speak to me. What was that? How did that thing get in my house? I wasn't watching horror movies. I wasn't into the occult. I didn't even watch Harry Potter. So I'm like, how does demonic things come into my house? I'm a Christian. And the Lord spoke to me because I think it was an experience where he wanted to show me something. From the book of Ezekiel, there's a verse that says, in that day, I will give them one heart. The word one is not the number one. It's the word undivided, whole. In other words, your heart must be whole. It must belong. To God. And this is what the Lord said to me. Because I said, How come I thought greater is he that is in me? Why couldn't I close the door? Why why is that demon so powerful? Uh, and, And this is what the Lord said. Whatever you give your heart to, you give a key to. You give your heart to a person, that person has a key to come in whenever they like. Give your heart to a job, that job will come in whenever it likes. Give your heart to any goal, you give a key to it. Whether it's a bad thing or even a good thing, you give a key. And I remember saying, God, but I thought I gave you my heart. And I didn't I realized along the way you can give your heart to lots of other things, including good things, including things God gave you. But that night, as I was journaling, I felt the jealousy of God like I've never felt it before. And I and I journaled and and he said, "Son, I have your whole heart. Your heart belongs to me." And I was, I was weeping. Going, yes, God, you can have my heart. He said, and I could, I could feel the closeness and the jealousy of God. God is not jealous because, like we are jealous, insecure, competitive. He's jealous because he's so in love with you. He wants you. He died for you. He's madly all over you. And so the jealousy of God, I felt. And I remember him saying so clearly, and I journaled it Son, one day you'll have a wife, she won't have your heart, I'll have your heart. One day you'll have kids, they won't have your heart, I'll have your heart. One day you'll have ministry, it won't have your heart, I'll have your heart. One day you'll have money, it won't have your heart, I'll have your heart. And back then, I'm like, God, I didn't have a wife, I didn't have kids, I didn't have ministry, I didn't have money. I had nothing to surrender to the Lord, and he said, But I felt the jealousy. I felt the closeness saying, God, it's like, God, you want my whole heart. Then I understood the verse, where Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not the first part of your heart, not Sunday part of your heart, not sometimes in your heart, with all your heart. And I know what you might be thinking, you might be, but aren't you meant to love your family or your, your, with your heart? Yeah, yeah, I do. But all I can explain is that when God has my whole heart, I will be the best father, the best husband, the best pastor, the best leader. The best place for my heart is not for Kingdom City to have my heart, not for you to have my heart, but for God to have my heart. If God has my heart, you'll get the best out of me. And I want to tell you, everyone in your world will be blessed when God has your whole heart. God has your whole heart and that's why it dawned on me, wow. You know, the next 20, 30 days, I remember every night before I went to bed, I'm like, Jesus, I give you my whole heart again, please just in case I take the key back from anything anyone everyone you're, you're like even your spouse yeah. love the Lord your God with all your heart see whatever has your key will break in anytime. time see when people I've got a broken heart that's because you gave a key to someone that job broke my heart you gave a key today take the keys back and say, God, You have the keys of my life. You have the keys of my heart. Young or old, single or married, with kids or no kids, grandkids, it doesn't matter. Whether I have a big job or no job, God, You have the keys to my heart because God, You'll bless me in every role that I carry, every responsibility I have, everything I need to do. You have my whole heart, you know, for the next... For the next few days, I began to sing that song, Lord, I give You my heart. It was like my favourite song for a while. I'm like, God, you know what? It all belongs to You anyway. So on Vision Sunday 2024, maybe we should sing that song. And let's say, God, I give You my heart. So from the front to the back, online left to the right,
0: Lord, why don't we give, give, you my p- give it back to
1: Him now. Give it back to Him I now. Give my soul. I live with You alone. the Lord a clap offering, a tender expression of our desire. Lord, our offering is our desire. It is our proclamation that we give You our whole heart. Lord, we take the keys back from every single space and it belongs to You. It belongs, my life is not my own. Lord, You have it all. You can have it all.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that he loves you very much. So much that he died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at at kingdomcity.com.